Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. Welcome to Callaway Golf Podcast. Jeff Newbarth here. Excited to be joined by Anthony Booger McFarland. Looks like you're you're on the road. Looks like you're getting ready to head somewhere. You getting ready to go up to uh, the studio to get ready for some some football weekends? No, nah, you know, in, in this in this day and age of COVID, man, in order for me to go and do that over the weekend, you got to go and get uh, COVID tested. And so I'm, I just came for my test and uh, found a nice little quiet spot to have a little fun with you guys. All right. Well, we're excited to uh, be joined by you and we're excited for everybody listening uh, on all the different Callaway channels. Um, go ahead and ask your questions about football, about the Peloton, about golf. Uh, and Booger and I are going to have a conversation. We'll make sure we get to all your questions and get everything answered. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. But first of all, um, when did you get into the game? When did you get into golf? So when I came into the NFL, this was 1999, uh, I never played golf. You know, golf was, a, golf was something that, as a young African-American guy growing up in Louisiana, I never really saw black people playing okay you got to remember tiger didn't come along until 1997 uh, or or really kind of uh, kind of announced his presence to the world 96 97 so in 1995 when when i graduated high school it was like football maybe a little basketball a little track so i never played golf so my rookie year uh we had a decent season and going into spring 2000 you know we have mini camp and that only lasts till 12 o'clock so what are you going to do the rest of your day? And I heard some buddies like, man, I'm going to play Madden. I'm going to play whatever. And I'm like, dude, I'm not a video game guy. Hey, we didn't have any growing up. And then secondarily, I didn't know how to play them. And one of my buddies said, hey, man, I'm going to the golf course. And I'm like, you know what? What the hell? I'll go try it. And I rented a set of tailor-made bubble shafts, the old fire soul uh, clubs. And I may have shot 175 that day. But I oh, had yeah, one that's, shot, that's, that's, But that's all because of the clubs, man. Well, well, of, of if course. If you had rented some Callaways, you would have shot like 120, 130. Well, maybe, maybe 115. Yeah, um, exactly. I had the best time of my life. I played terrible, but I hit one shot that day, man, that really got me hooked. And over the years, man, we would play every offseason. I couldn't play during the season, but I would right. pick the clubs up in mid to late January whenever our season ended. And I would play as much as I could until June, and then I'd put them up. And then I'd, I'd kind of repeat that cycle over the years, and – I fell in love with the game so many times. Um, I've had so much fun. It's a way to be competitive. Uh, it's a way to really bridge age, economic status. Um, it's, it's diverse. It, it, it just feels so many things in my life that kind of go, go around what I do anyway. So golf has just been a great addition to my life, man. Plus, you know, the other thing about it is just the relationships that you can form on the golf course. You were mentioning yes. just before we started, you know, Derek Brooks, one of, one of the all-time great, you know, Hall of Fame linebackers. You know, that's probably a great way for you guys because at some point there's only so many stories you can talk about winning that Super Bowl. You know, at some point you got to talk about something else. So golf probably fills that <laughs> void a little bit, right? Well, golf keeps us competitive because, you know, Brooks is probably 45, 46 now. I'm yeah. 42. I'll be 43 in December. So the days of us going – to sprint or run some hills are probably over with. So how do we compete now? We compete on the golf course because we all have our own unique swing. We all have things that we're really good at and things that we're not, but Mm -hmm. we're all kind of right around the same handicap. So we can go out and depending on who plays the best that day, it's really, really competitive. And and so it's really fun. And for us ex-players and ex-athletes, 
we can play with anybody, like from basketball and football and baseball. And so we kind of got our own little community of former athletes who um, think we can maybe one day in another world be on the PGA Tour, but really not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I've seen it. And, 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 you know, my favorite one, I don't know if you're aware of it, but my favorite one is every Wednesday, either Tuesday or Wednesday, when they both played for the Raiders, uh, Jerry Rice and Tim Brown would play. And yes. you all knew who won the next day because there was a challenge that whether it's you got to you got to wash my car after practice, you got to <laughs> you got to bring me food, you got to carry my pads to and from the locker room like the rookies do. They are so competitive. And, uh, you know, there's just countless stories. Uh, it seems like the quarterbacks get all the attention for playing golf. You know, everyone thinks that Romo could be on the PGA Tour and stuff like that. But I, I love seeing the big guys play. Um, you know, what, what's it like? to, you know, see like someone, uh, you know, like as long as these guys like Phil hitting bombs, you know, at 50 and Kyle Berkshire, the world long drive champ, who, who's of course on our step. What's it like to be a big guy trying to just hit bombs on, on a golf course? That's got to be fun. You know, it, it's really cool, man. It's really fun, uh, especially when you hit a good one because you, because you know it, you feel it. Uh, people around you, uh, you know, kind of give you that look like, man, that was, you know, that was a pretty good one. Um, it's been really fun over the years for me to understand the golf swing. You know, initially when you're a good athlete, it's just like see ball, hit ball. You don't really understand angles. You don't understand swinging from the inside. Like you don't understand anything about the game. All you see is whole club, grip club tight, and try to hit the hell out of the ball. But it's mm -hmm. been really unique for me to actually get a couple lessons and mm -hmm. understand the techniques and fundamentals of the golf swing. And then really you go through that period where, where you understand it, but you can't implement it. And it's just all in your head. And you're, you're hitting a driver about 180. And you're like, man, I know I can hit it further than that. But then you get better and you get better. And you can understand when you do things right based on what your ball does. Like that's been a really fun thing for me. And it only took 20 years to start <laughs> to understand some of the principles of the golf swing. And it's a bit tougher because, I mean, I'm a bigger dude. Like, I'm not flexible like Ricky Fowler or Justin Thomas. Like, right. there are some limitations when you're 280 pounds. But nevertheless, I still have a good time with it, man. Yeah, but you put 280 pounds. I mean, you, you, you could put all that into it. And you could, you could start driving the ball, you know, 300, 350 and stuff like that. Well, so I was doing Mike and Mike one morning. And uh, Mike Greenberg and I, who loves golf just as much yeah, as I do. Yeah, he does. So Gary, so Gary Player called in, and you know Gary's listening to us talk about golf, and Gary, Gary's talking about my golf swing, and so on national television. This was probably four or five years ago, uh, man, probably maybe longer than that, maybe maybe mm -hmm. six years ago. Uh, I told Gary Player, I said, Gary, at some point, you're you're a World Golf Hall of Famer, you're one of the greatest players ever, but I, at some point, the laws of physics says I'm going to be a better player than you because age, flexibility. Uh, mm -hmm. just overall athleticism at some point is going to be in my favor. And as a matter of fact, I think that's now. Oh, and Gary <laughs> Player going, I will, there will never be a time where you <laughs> could beat me. Your swing looks like, probably looks like a, 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 a cow giving birth to barbed wire or something. It, it was <laughs> one of the funniest things ever. Uh, and, I, and I challenged Gary Player. I challenged Fuzzy Zeller. I, I didn't challenge Jack Nicklaus because I've seen him play. But those yeah. two guys, I still think I could beat to this day because Gary is a little older. I don't care yeah. how many push-ups he does. And Fuzzy's belly is kind of too big for him to swing the golf club these days. 
Well, well, the other thing too is is the the impressive part of that story is that you and Mike Greenberg actually got a word in on the show when Gary Player called in because normally <laughs> it's just like it's just like, hey, let me let me let me just introducing Gary Player, and you know, a couple hours later, he's he's done talking. All right, we got our first question from uh, Lee Wu uh, Yim on YouTube. What is your favorite victory on the golf course so far? So tell us about that time that you beat someone on the golf course that that just uh, you know resonated with you like like sacking a quarterback. So I was playing at this golf course in, in Brooksville, Florida, called Southern Hills Plantation Club. And mm-hmm. most of my buddies, not most of them, but some of my buddies actually have been playing golf for years. Uh, and the guy that's the, that was the head pro at the place, obviously, when you become a head pro, you got to take the PGA test and you got to shoot below yep. a certain score. Uh, and another my, one of my buddies works for Greg Norman. He's a single digit handicap. These guys have been playing golf forever. That day, um, uh, the guy that worked for Greg Norman shot 74. I shot 75 and the, the head pro shot 76 and I made them all <laughs> sign the scorecard and I still have this scorecard today. And every now and then I bring it up and show them, Hey, listen, I didn't go to golf school. I didn't take the test. I didn't do anything, yeah. but I got, I got a victory from you on my wall. Absolutely. And you got a net victory over the guy who shot 74. If he's a single digit handicap too, so well, yeah. beat everybody. Took everybody's exactly. money. All right. Let me ask you this. Is it more satisfying on the golf course to be a quarterback? Or is it just it does just doesn't matter? I would think as a it's, defensive lineman, you want to be the quarterback every opportunity you can. It's more satisfying on the golf course to beat people who just know that they're better than you. Like people look at me, and I don't know if you can see this, like t- take a look at my fingers. So fingers aren't supposed to do that. Yeah, so not. Like, like like my fingers are crooked. Right. That's my grip hand. I'm a bigger dude. So people automatically yeah. think big dude, uh, crooked fingers can't play. Well, I can play a little bit. As I said, 15, 16 handicap. Uh, I, I, I can hold my own, especially when I'm, especially when I'm motivated. And so mm-hmm. there's no better satisfaction than showing up at the golf course and playing with guys who absolutely know they're better than you and you beat the hell out of them. There is no better feeling than that. Agreed. Agreed. And how does that feeling, but take me back to the football days. Is this a way to keep kind of that same? Cause there, there had to be that exhilaration, you know, when you run through the tunnel, uh, especially when we're allowed to have fans in games and stuff. Um, but what, what is this a way to kind of like, like if that's a 12 out of 10 is like playing good golf, like a six, a seven, what, what, what's the comparison? You're going to laugh at this man. Like I enjoyed football. Football provided a lot of things for me in my life. It continues to provide, based on my career now commentating and talking about football, I never loved football. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but I never loved it. I love golf, man. Like, I, 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 I tell my wife all the time, I said, sweetheart, I said, you never have to worry about me cheating on you. Only, the only thing that you'll ever have to worry about me cheating on you with is a golf club. I say, because <laughs> I will sneak out of the house to go play golf. I will. I may even lie to you to go play golf. I said you never have to worry about anything else, women, drugs, uh, anything else. But golf is my addiction. And before we got married, I told her, I said, listen, two things that I, I would like. I want a home-cooked meal a couple times a week, and I got to play golf a couple times a week. And she's like, that's yeah. it. And, you know, she's like, well, oh, that's, that's going to be easy. And over the years, as, as our kids have gotten older – and she's uh, been stuck at home with a couple kids on a Saturday morning when I had a tea time. Uh, that little request has become uh, a little harder, but she understands. Like, it, it's my passion. I love it. Uh, I will go practice it. I will get lessons. I, there, there's no amount of money I wouldn't pay to get better at the game. Football was just tough on the body. Football yeah. was something that 
um, because the good Lord blessed me with such physical attributes, I was really good at it. And I made a lot of money in a short period of time. But mm -hmm. I was done with football at the age of 30. I can right. play golf for the next, you know, from 30 till the good Lord takes me away. And so it, it, mm -hmm. it's been really, really cool. Um, so long-winded way of answering your question, getting a sack in the Super Bowl, in Super Bowl 41 mm -hmm. when we played the Bears, that's probably mm -hmm. like, a, like an eight and a half out of 10, nine out of 10. Um, right. Making birdie on number 11 at Augusta is like a 12. And I've done both. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, George Roberts wants to know, what is the part of your game that needs the most improvement? Uh, consistency. You know, I, I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. Um, my putter is the best part of my game. Um, it's a Scotty Cameron putter I've had for 12 years. I think me and Tiger uh, probably have the longest two stints with our putters. And my putter, is, it's named. It's not, it's not Booger. It's named Have Game World Travel. Because I believe <laughs> as, long, as, as long as the greens are good, I can put on any surface any, anywhere in America. Um, just like any amateur, I, I'm, I'm inconsistent driving the ball. Um, I, over the last couple of years, I've started to understand, um, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, hinging the wrist and, and creating speed and, and creating power. Yeah. Because there was a period of time where, I mean, I, I could only hit my seven iron a buck 35, buck 40, where over the last couple of years, I can hit it 160, 165. Now, just understanding the hinge cock and holding that and then trying to hold, like all those different things I, I've, I've learned. So, um, yeah, man, just, just consistency needs to keep working on that. All right. Next question from Morgan Klum. And I think you, you kind of answered how many putters have you broken? He, he's apparently on number three. You ever broken a putter? I've never broken a putter. I've never actually broken clubs, man. Like I don't, yeah, don't really there's, there's get no reason that. to. Yeah. Like, first of all, early on before I knew people, uh, I had to pay for these clubs. So I wasn't going to break them. Uh, and then, you yeah. know, as I've gotten older, uh, I've gotten a little better. So there's really no need to break them. You just start to understand that, guess what? It's not the club. It's you. No, it's not the club's fault. <laughs> I mean, occasionally, occasionally it doesn't do something that you want it to do, but it's, it's, it's probably, you know, it's probably not the fault. One thing I, I love about athletes are how coachable uh, they are. Right. And, and we see it. We see it when we have uh, some of the great athletes come to our to our test center. We can't wait to bring you out here to, to, to do a full fitting out here in, in San Diego. But um, in literally five minutes, we've seen just some crazy, crazy, you know, changes because you can tell an athlete about being coachable. What is a tip you can give to maybe everyone listening at home to help them become a little more coachable? Because for you, it's probably second nature because, you know, when you started playing football, you had a, you had a position coach, a head coach, a defensive coordinator, and then it just kind of keeps getting better and better the, the higher you progress. What's a, something that would help me become more coachable? Because I don't listen very well. Humble yourself and listen. It's really simple. The the biggest thing that gets in the way of learning is I think is humility because it's the classic three words that we often hear from our kids or from people who know it all is I got it. Ah, well, you need to do this. Nah, I got it. Well, <laughs> what about trying this? Ah, I got it. No, you don't really have it. So you have to humble yourself to listen. And for men, especially, we are the most prideful people ever. Men are just stubborn. And we like, we think we know it all. You know, your wife will tell you, hey, uh, didn't we pass? No, nah, I know exactly where I'm going. And then 10 minutes later, you got to put in a GPS and figure out where you're going. So I would just say, man, just humble yourself and listen. It sounds so simple, but how many times in life do we allow pride and ego to allow uh, to, to, to put us in a situation where we don't listen? And if you listen, you'll learn. I tell my kids all the time, just listen. Just shut up and listen. There's a reason you got two ears and one mouth, Okay. 
talk less and listen more. And it's amazing how much you'll learn. All right. Well, I'm going to have you call my 15 year old who just got his permit yesterday. Cause I asked him, you ready to start driving? Mm. I got it. I got it, dad. All right. Uh, hand, are you, uh, um, are you going to buy a vehicle? Uh, not for another year. He doesn't, he doesn't. Why well, you got one for me? No, no, I'm just saying, but um, I mean, yeah. at 15, that's the next step Dad. I got my permit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. dad, can I get my license? And then all of a sudden, right. dad, can we get a vehicle? Yeah, that's, that's a year away. We're, we're going to slow play this. He just got the permit yesterday, so we're going to slow play it. Uh, all right, this is going to be a tough question for you from Sun and Hang uh, on Facebook. What's wrong with the LSU defense? Come on, go Tigers. <laughs> How much time do um, you got? Yeah, I, I, trust me, we don't have enough time. But you know what it is, man? It, it's the classic case of not a championship hangover, but not being able to turn the page. Yeah. You know, oftentimes when you, when – when young people achieve something, there's a tendency, not just young people, but human nature says, I can rest on my laurels. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm at the top of the mountain. I'm, I, I've achieved it. I'm, I've won a championship. Uh, what else is there to do? And mm -hmm. we don't tend to work as hard. We don't yeah. tend to um, uh, do the little things. How many times you see a guy in golf one day go out and shoot 61 and the next day he comes back and shoot 80? Well, I get it. Golf is kind of fickle like that. But there's also the tendency just to let your guard down a little bit. And as far mm -hmm. as the LSU defense, uh, I, I think that's happened. Yeah, there's a new coordinator. Yeah, there's a lot of guys going to the NFL. But LSU's got talent. And, and I just think there's, a, there's enough blame to go around, coaching staff, players, and everybody's got to get back and fine-tune the details, man, and, and just have that sense of urgency, uh, the same sense of urgency that led you to win a national championship last year. you got to get that mm -hmm. same sense of urgency back again. Yeah. I also think having Joe Burrow and uh, that offense probably made it a little bit easier on the defense last year because even if bit. you gave one up, you knew they were gonna they were gonna be able to score. But I also think that that any team, and I'm curious to get your take on any team that had transitional change, whether it's coaches, uh, you know, key members like you know we saw Queen in the secondary, you know, for Baltimore score that touchdown this past weekend. It had to be harder for the teams that had big change because there was no offseason. There was no practice. There was no way to implement it. And the next thing you know, you're, you're playing games. And, and you, you know better than me, but in the SEC, there, there, there are no easy games in there anyway. So just continuity, right? Wouldn't you think continuity would be a friend to some of the teams that, that potentially kept that? Yeah, but that's an excuse, though, because everybody had, had the same situation. I mean, right. like, I, I get it. Um, new, new, new coordinator offensively, defensively. But as far as the practice limitations, as far as the things that COVID has brought about this year, everybody's working under the same premise. So let's not make excuses, man. I don't make uh, ex excuses. Like, I like this. you know, when you, are a, when you are a part or when you hold yourself to a certain standard, that standard uh, cannot be compromised. That's kind of what I live by. My former defensive line coach, Rob Marinelli, taught me that. Like, there's mm -hmm. a standard. And regardless of the circumstances around you, that standard is to be upheld. And it's no different. Think about Tiger Woods, man. Tiger Woods thrived in his heyday when the situation and the circumstances were at their most difficult. Mm -hmm. That's when he thrived. He wanted the golf course to be firm and fast and the greens rolling 15. Remember the round at Southern Hills in Oklahoma, he shot 63? Remember that round? Everybody was saying, oh, it's too hot. The greens are too fast. He went out and shot 63. Okay? Yeah. He wanted the conditions as firm and as fast as possible. He doesn't want to go play Hilton Head. No disrespect to Hilton Head and Harbor Town. He doesn't, he doesn't want to play that. He doesn't want to go play a birdie fest. He doesn't yeah, want to go play a tournament. It's ironic. 
Yeah, it's ironic he won his first event in Vegas, and you know we saw it last <laughs> week with the lowest cut in the history of the PGA Tour. But I think I think it's interesting conversations. I was with one of the, the tour rules guys this week, and and I think we're going to start to see some of the course setups change a little bit because I think I think the best players in the world are getting tired of nineteen under, twenty under winning yeah. every single week. I don't like that because you're really not testing the best players in the world. Well, it's, it's you... a putting contest. It's a putting exactly. contest each week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. We got a bunch more questions. Ronnie wants to know any advice for a new golfer. I think you've given some great advice. Listen, humble, practice, take lessons. But what's what's another key piece of advice? Um, get lessons and get fitted. Oh, love that. Get fit. Definitely. All right. Uh, Boom, baby. Not to be confused with Boomer, who we'll get to in a second. Wants to know how the wedge game is. Wedge game is pretty good, man. I I actually have a putting green in my backyard, and I have a. Um, a uh, kind of a chipping little little tee box set up about 40 yards away. And so I, I kind of – I mean, the short game is really good, you know. Touch is, awesome. you know, touch is something you wouldn't expect from a big man. But uh, aside from the crooked fingers, my hands are pretty good. All right, speaking of another big man, uh, every Sunday on uh, ESPN Plus, ESPN3 Digital, uh, you, get to, uh, to, you get to sit next to a legend. You get to sit next to Boomer. Um, have you talked golf with Boomer? Because because Boomer Boomer and AT and T Pebble Beach, he, he had some moments. <laughs> Boomer and I talk golf all the time. He's a member at TPC Cromwell, which is right outside mm-hmm. of uh, Connecticut, uh, Hartford, yeah. and yeah. we talk golf all the time. And obviously, we all know Boom's legendary swing from playing uh, at Pebble Beach. Uh, he loves the game, and it, it's a commonality outside of football we can discuss. And and you can see his eyes light up when we talk golf. Uh, we haven't played yet, but we have plans to play in the future, man. And, you know, Boomer is a, is a great dude. It's another example of how the game of golf has, I think, um, given him energy as he's gotten older. Because what happens is, as we get older, there there are less things that we can do and less things that we, we can become involved in. So the, so the day-to-day activities that you would normally do when you're 30, you probably can't do when you're 50. Mm-hmm. golf is something you can play until the day you die. And so it's allowed Boomer, I think, to have, and, and me and myself also, it's allow, it allows people that age or that get older to continue to be a part of a circle or a group. And that just gives you life, man. What was it like the first time when you're sitting next to him on that set and you're, you're in the middle of doing the show and he says one of those, the, those phrases that you've heard him say with Tom Jackson for the last, you know, 25, 30 years, and you're like, I'm sitting next to this guy and he's doing this live. I was nervous as hell, man. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy because, dude, I, I've done, I've done pretty much everything on TV. I've been in the studio. Yeah. I've done radio. Yeah. I've hosted Mike and Mike. I've done Monday Night Football. Um, to be in an iconic position that Tom Jackson has set in, and he's allowing me to sit in right now, and to hear Boomer, you know, A B C D Lamb, and just, all the yeah. little phrases that he does, and it's like. I was nervous because I didn't want to screw it up. And yeah. one of the most um, one of the most impactful things that, in, that anyone's ever said to me was after the first show, he looked at me and he just said, that's all he did. Oh, nice. Nice. And I always that's love what he, he used to say. He used to say a lot, too. Like, uh, you know, people say, how was the show? That was the best one we did today. And I always liked how he, how he uses that phrase. All right, so I got a little, I got a little boomer game for you because I'm trying to help you as you work with him this week. One of the things he does for those who, who haven't watched is with Tom Jackson is randomly in the middle of a highlight, a guy will do something and he just goes from. And it's Tom Jackson's job to know unequivocally where that guy went to college. And if he does, Correct. the whole bit is ruined. And luckily for, for Tom, most of the time, the guy's from Louisville. 
So <laughs> I, I got, I got, I got three for you. Uh, it's going to start really easy and it might get a little tougher. So let's see how we can do. All right. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Here's the easy one. Sam Burns from LSU, baby. Okay, good. Next one. Maverick McNeely from Arizona State. Stanford. Oh, I, I, Stanford I knew it was Cardinal. out west. All right. Well, then the last one will be was going to be the easiest one. We'll see. But I think you may have a hint now. Phil Nicholson from Arizona State, baby. All right, that's good. We got two for three. We got two for three. That's pretty good. But you got oh, that has and, to be the hardest part of calling that. Right, and just also Phil Mickelson. Last time I checked, he was a member at the Bridges in San Diego. He is. He is a member of the Bridges. Yeah, you got us all dialed in. You got this all dialed in. Phil's playing this week on the Champions Tour. How about that? Phil at 50. Makes me feel old. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody's getting younger. Because I am old. No, no one is. All right, we got a few more questions to get to. So if you have questions, uh, a few more minutes here with Booger McFarland, let us know. Um, Talk to me a little bit about have you ever wanted to try, you know, because one of the things you, you just teed me up on it, you, you mentioned all the stuff you've done for ESPN. Have you gone to Mike McQuaid yet and been like, hey, can, can I be a part of that golf team? Can I be part of the digital coverage of the PGA Championship? Like, come on, coach, put me in. Not the PGA Championship. I want to be a part of the U.S. Open and, and the Masters. So Scott Van Pelt has always anchored our coverage at the Masters. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I, I played Augusta and been very fortunate to play it a couple of times. And just to know and just to see what that's like is unreal and i've kind of thrown it out there a couple times with van pelt um i didn't really know who 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 uh who was in charge of that but now that you told me mcquade i'm gonna as soon as we as soon as we hang up i'm gonna send mcquade a text and be like listen if you need somebody down at eight man corner i'm your guy yeah yeah but get out get a pga championship will be good because that's in the off season of football you know that's that's in may they got eight billion feeds they're doing i mean why don't we get why don't we get you know three football guys who love golf and do do the football version of 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 the broadcast we just i we love just, it. I, and, and, I think and, we'd and work put, pretty and well. put on digital yeah well they got that's what i'm saying all these feeds are on digital i mean i yeah. it's just there's you know they had the 18th hole last time they had two featured groups let's get yep. some football guys so who who would be in your football booth if, if we're putting together the all football booth of calling golf who, who's joining you Oh wow! Um, I'm 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 probably gonna go myself. I'm a big Lanny Watkins guy. I love Lanny Watkins, who keeps it really simple. And also, um, I mean, it's got to be mm, probably Curtis Strange. So me, Lanny Watkins, okay. and Curtis Strange. Okay, but what what about if I had to, if you picked other former NFL players who would be in the okay with former, you, NFL, former players, NFL players? It, it, yeah. Okay, it, it, it'd be myself, it would be Rondé Barber and Derek Brooks because those, as far as the guys that I play with, those are probably the most avid golfers on my team. All right, and what about, you got to have a quarterback. Would, would, you, would you want Romo in you there? You have or to have you, a quarterback. We don't, you don't need a – why the hell do you need a quarterback? Well, because you got to have someone to make fun of and someone to, like, take out. Um, that, that's what Rondé's for because Rondé kind of is the quarterback. He kind of fits the diva quarterback mentality. Got it. Got it. It had to be so hard to be a defensive back because you just you like you you make like twenty five good plays. You make one bad one, and of course it leads to seven, and everyone just staring at you. <laughs> hey, that's why they tell you DBs better have a short memory. Short term memory. Short term memory. All right, a uh, couple more questions for you, then we're going to let you go. Uh, who is the best? Uh, oh, someone. This is just a compliment from Morgan. You're the best ESPN has got on the mic. No joke. That was nice of Morgan to say. I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, now we're going to have you doing some golf broadcasts, which is going to be good. Tell me one thing about uh, working on television that that people at home don't know. Um, 
usually when you're talking, there's somebody in your ear talking also. Yeah, and I that's think that's what, that's, that's what people don't realize is that we have a little deal in our ear called an IFB. And not the entire time you're talking, but usually while you're talking, there's somebody in your ear uh, telling either you or saying something to someone else about what is, what's about to happen or what, what we need to do or giving you information. And so you have to become very comfortable talking while somebody's talking to you. Yeah, and, and a lot of time you you have this greatest point in the world you want to make and someone's yelling, rap, rap, we got to go to break. And you're just like, nope, <laughs> yeah. I'm finishing my Hurry, sentence. Hurry, quick, come on, let it go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm finishing my sentence. I'm not going to let you take this point. I've been waiting all day to make this point. I'm going to make it. Um, you're, you're working with, with a new team this year on, on the uh, – uh, on the college side with uh, with the new quarterback in there, Mark Sanchez. What's it like been uh, – like, is there any rookie hazing, anything you've been doing to kind of get him used to it? No, because Sanchez was there last year while I was still doing Monday Night Football. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I can go ahead and say this now because it just happened. He got unveiled last night on The Masked Singer for Fox. So I'm, there's going to be a lot oh. of teasing. There's going to be okay. a lot of teasing of him this weekend um, – one, because he got put off the Masked Singer, but also because he actually did the Masked Singer. So yeah. um, Sanchez is great. Uh, I tease him about the butt fumble. I tease him about how bad USC um, has fallen off yep. in football. But in the end, you can tell he enjoys commentating and broadcasting. He's worked very hard at it. And Kevin Nagandi just tries to keep us in line, man. It, it, it's a fun weekend. Uh, again, what I do now I love doing, man. Like, I wake up in the morning on, on a Saturday morning, and I can't wait to get to the studio. Equally as, as, as the same, when I wake up and you know how you play that golf course, you're looking forward to playing, and not, not just looking forward to it. You know you're playing well, and you know you're going to shoot a good number. You just want to hurry up and get to the golf course. That's how I feel when I go to the studio. That's how I feel when I go to some good golf courses. Uh, it, it's a love, man, and, and it's something that I'm very, very, very blessed to to have in my life at this point. Absolutely, and we, we love watching along with you. I really enjoyed this Sunday when my Dolphins trounced the 49ers. That was kind of fun. And then the NFL schedule makers did us a favor, and they're sending Adam Gase for the weekend. So I'm pretty excited about <laughs> about. Uh, it's first time the Dolphins have been like a nine and a half point favorite in God knows how many years. So I love uh, it. I just I just saw Darnold's not playing. Speaking of USC guys. You know, uh, obviously they released Le'Veon Bell this week. I'm hoping Miami signs him just because, like, he'll just want to just run for a thousand yards against the uh, against the Jets this week. But uh, I think he's going to Buffalo. Like, if I had to guess on Le'Veon Bell, I would say ooh. Buffalo. Uh, he can add a dimension to go along with Devin Singletary. Uh, mm. I, I would lean toward Buffalo. Nice. I've been reading. Uh, I've been reading this morning. They said that uh, Miami, Buffalo, KC, Chicago are potentially the, the final four. KC and you, doesn't you know need anybody else. I mean, does Kansas City yeah. need the more weapons? Seriously. No, but I think he'd just be a fun place to go if I'm him. Right. But but you, you know what's going to happen, right? Belichick's going to come in and steal him, and then he's going to rush for like 2,000 yards the rest of the year because that's what they do. Ugh. Frustrating Dolphins fan. All right, Anthony McFarland Booger, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, I have to have you on again after you come out and get fit for the new Callaway clubs we're going we're gonna to hook you up with because I'm curious – um, with a little bit of custom fitting, uh, because I think it's definitely even more important for someone who who is your height and your size to get fit into the right clubs. You can't play what's off the rack or what someone else just gives you. Uh, I think we can do something pretty special. And I think the goal should be, after we get these clubs, we'll set a goal of how many weeks or months it'll take you to get down to single digits. I think we can do it. I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Anytime you want to have me on to talk about golf, talk about life, talk about whatever, man, don't hesitate to reach Done. out. 
All right. And we're going to see you in the PGA Championship now. We're going to both text McQuaid and make that happen, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, we will have another guest next week. I can't say who it is yet because we're, we're, there's something being announced next week that we're going to uh, follow up with on the podcast. But we appreciate everybody. Uh, as always, make sure you check out all our podcasts, The Fitting Room, Girls in Golf, uh, Henrik Stenson's podcast. I don't know if you know, Henrik and I do a podcast every other week. We're doing one next week with Henrik. Um, uh, ask the Iceman if you tweet him, he, you get a free t-shirt. So that's pretty exciting. Why doesn't, uh, thanks. Why doesn't Henrik Stenson like hitting driver? He just hits three wood. Well, because he hits a three wood 295 yards down the middle every time. Well, I mean, I mean, consensus says... There's no reason. Well, I mean, kind of the laws of physics will say if you can hit the three wood 295, he can hit the driver three and a quarter. All right. I'm going to make a note of this. We're recording on Monday with Henrik, and, and we do this Ask the Iceman segment. And, and I'm going to say, you know, uh, Booger from Florida wants to know, why don't you hit the driver more? Thank you. We'll ask him. We'll get the answer. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time on the Callaway Golf Podcast. <laughs>